ride with me in my foul life. Welcome to the Foul Life Podcast. What's happening, y'all? I hope everybody is having a great start to their 2019-2020 season, whether that be early season blue wing teal, some of the states open up for all species of teal, early season goose in the Midwest and different parts of the country. Fellow Canadian waterfowl goers to cross the northern border, whether you're going to Manitoba, Ontario, and the main two would probably be Saskatchewan and Alberta, maybe a little bit in BC, maybe a little bit Prince Edward Island East. But um, I think Alberta and Saskatchewan are probably the two most traveled by Americans to go chase the early migration, pea fields, sloughs, um, wheat, the different agriculture that they have up in Canada. Last year, there wasn't a whole lot of peas where we were um, in different parts of both the provinces of Alberta or Saskatchewan, but I heard there's a lot more peas this year. And from what I'm seeing so far from our friends up north of the border in Saskatchewan and Alberta, they are, they're crushing them. I mean, they're getting them good. They're, they're having days that are consistently eight man limits of both ducks, mainly mallards and dark geese specks, lesser can Canada's and greater Canada's. I'm talking big numbers, guys. Eight guys at a time, 10 guys at a time. If you do the math, eight times eight is 64 ducks because you can kill eight ducks in Canada. Eight times eight is 64 geese because you can kill eight dark geese in Canada. 64 plus 64 if eight people are on the hunt. 64 plus 64, I believe, is 128. 128 bird days, guys. First of all, who's cleaning them? I mean, this is going to take a minute. And hopefully everybody in camp that's filling out these groups are from the state of Louisiana with a little bit of a Cajun influence because them boys and girls love to cook. They love to stand over a pot of gumbo. They love to stir it. They love to get that roux going. They like to hold a nice cold Budweiser, Bud Light, Bush, Bush Latte, Bush Light in their hand. And just have a cold beer and reminisce and have a little bit of camaraderie and storytelling and exaggerating and uh, maybe a little bit of fiction, mainly nonfiction, but we always throw a little bit of fiction in there. But Cajuns can cook. So hopefully these groups I'm seeing are a lot of Louisianans and Cajuns that are taking these ducks and these geese. And I'm talking like these guys are... They use all parts, man. I mean, they're they're getting the livers, they're getting the hearts, they are using the wing bones, the legs, they're getting different pieces of the duck fat to use as a, a base. They are, um, I, I can't even tell you the amount of good food that I've eaten up north of the border when, when Cajuns are in camp. And, and when they render that stuff in that gumbo pot, they run, render some of that skin and that duck fat or that goose fat, and they start that roux and get that gravy going. And then they slowly brown the duck breast meat and the legs. And I've seen pictures lately of Traeger's um, full of Canada goose legs and bacon wrapped Canada goose breast meat. You know, they call them poppers. I would prefer poppers with no cream cheese. I think cream cheese is for weirdos, but don't hold that against me, please. I like some real cheese in there, but I'd rather have no cheese at all. I'd rather have that goose meat or that duck meat medium rare with a nice, fresh, clean jalapeno wrapped in some good bacon. And I like to start the bacon. I don't like eating raw bacon or undercooked bacon. I like crispy bacon. You know, it doesn't have to be real crispy where it's breaking apart, but it's got to be cooked thoroughly, wrapped around that waterfowl meat, that jalapeno. You can add different things in there, bell peppers. We do a lot of different recipes. We do a lot of dry rubs. We do some marinades and keep them wet, but... 
My buddy Joel Wicker and I have come up with some badass recipes in the state of Arkansas that we've carried north of the border. We actually cooked them on an episode of The Foul Life this season when we were up with Clay and Crystal Charlton at Take Em Outfitters in Alberta. And I'm talking killer stuff, man. You got to be creative. You got to think outside of the box. And you can't be afraid to fail because, you know, cooking wild game, you're going to fail some. You want to keep it medium rare. You want to watch the meat temperature. Use a thermometer. Use a thermopin. Make sure that your temperature is not going over 130, 133 degrees on some of that dark meat, that red meat. And make sure that it's raspberry and and red and pink on the inside because a lot of waterfowl gets a bad rap taste-wise and texture-wise because we tend to overcook it and we do what we call liverize it. We give it that liver texture and it can taste bad when you do that, but it's all about what you do with those birds once you get them dead. And when they're dead, it's how long do you keep them dead before you clean them? Do you hang them and let them dry out a little bit? Do you get them right away and get the meat off the bone? Are you breasting them? Are you keeping all the skin and fat on them? Are you, are you plucking them and getting, you know, cooking whole ducks? You can do it either way. I don't look down on people for breasting ducks and ripping the legs off. You can eat a little bit of that back meat and around the neck, but I like that breast meat. I like some of that leg meat, especially on geese, speckle bellies, but they sure are pretty when you pluck them and open that Traeger or whatever your method or source of cooking or preparing that waterfowl is and seeing them all glazed over and getting a little bit of brown tint and crispiness to that skin and that fat on the outside and that medium rare meat on the inside. It can be a beautiful picture, I'm telling you. So again, these guys in Canada right now during the early part of 2019, the fall of 2019, September so far, they are killing eight man limits of ducks and dark geese every day like it's their job 128 64 plus 64 8 6 plus 6 is 12 128 birds a day and some of these groups are 10 guys so you do that math guys 10 times 8 is what what am I'm, I'm messing that up 10 times 8 ducks is 80 10 times 8 geese is 8 that's 160 birds eat them guys clean them transport them back make sure you tag them get your license numbers on them abide by the outfitters rules follow all the rules regulations and laws of the federal government in Canada whatever province you're in and make sure you abide by the laws when you're bringing them back across the border through the border patrol back into the united states of america the greatest country on the face of the earth hands down there's maybe a second close might be canada i don't know but i'm talking guys these guys are getting them so it's off to a good start i'm hearing good things about the duck numbers i'm hearing good things about the goose numbers not i'm still yet to learn what's going on with the snows but i've heard that there's a lot of lessers and that there's a lot of young specs so that's a good sign for the hatch and um, we're going to be talking with some biologists coming up here including chris nikolai on the foul life podcast so we'll have some more news for you and see if uh, this potential 2020 spring conservation depredation snow goose season is going to be any better than the 2019 one fared because it was slow and i've heard the numbers aren't much better so we shall see and all you crazy bastards that uh chase those spring snows like the vandamores and the habitat flats and the guys that are really good at it they got to work extra hard to get them when it's this tough when there's not a lot of juvies a lot of adult mature seasoned experienced birds that have been there done it seen it all and that's what they experienced last year in the spring season but we'll get some more information and in, in, uh, intelligence done on on those numbers and report back to y'all but um, again, this new podcast formats, all ducks, all the time, all geese, all the time, all waterfowl hunting, all the time, gear reviews, outfitter reviews, tips, tactics, instruction, concealment, scouting, boats, blinds, uh, 
duck calling, goose calling, shooting, shotgunning. What's your lead? What's your patterning? Choke tubes, constrictions, manufacturers. We're going to talk to a bunch of our partners here. I want to get Rob Roberts from the great state of Arkansas in here and talk about his mastermind, his intelligence level, his genius, his magic touch that he puts on these Benelli Pro Shop guns and what he's done to a lot of our guns here. It's a, it's just like shooting a different gun, guys. I'm telling you, his patterning and his choke tubes and his constrictions and what it does with Black Cloud out of those Rob Roberts T1, T2, T3 choke tubes for waterfowl. He's got turkey. He's got Predator. He's got Upland. He's got it all. Um, we're going to get old Rob on this podcast. So, Rob Roberts, I know you're listening. We've already talked. I know you download these podcasts and subscribe to them. What's up, my brother from another mother? Y'all check out Rob Roberts Custom Gunworks. Um, they're a partner of ours here on the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV show exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. And today's episode is brought to you by none other than Mojo Outdoors. Terry Demon, Mike Morgan, Marty Bailey, Chuck Smart, Monroe, Louisiana, 1999. It all started. It started out West California. Terry gets a scent of it through some partners and business um, uh, official partners, or what should I say? Some business friends. He looks at it. He decides to get involved. They patent it. 1999 Mojo goes into business. It was like drug deals in parking lots in Louisiana, brown paper bags. Terry tells a story rolling down windows and handing them out because they couldn't make them fast enough because ducks were going crazy. And it was that year, 99, 2000 in Arkansas. If you look at the numbers, they had an amazing season. I often wonder if, was it just the duck numbers or were they seeing that flash of those Mojo spinning wing decoys and just dive bombing? You know, that's uh, just kamikaze and down into those decoy spreads. But mojooutdoors.com, they got a great TV show on the Sportsman's Channel, the Pursuit Channel. But they um, have been a longtime partner of ours. Uh, Terry's a longtime friend of mine and Clay's and my brothers, and we've we've done a lot with them. And I'm uh, so happy to call them one of the official sponsors of the new Foul Life podcast. Terry, Mike, Chuck, Marty, Stevie, Fry, you do a ton for us. Thank y'all so much for everything that you do. We appreciate the partnership. So y'all check out mojooutdoors.com. And I can name off a ton of other partners that are supporting everything we do, but I'm going to stick with Mojo right now. We're going to get to some questions today just because we've been putting it out there in our direct messages, our private messages, our social media platforms, our posts, our stories. And we get inundated with questions about Everything from what call do I use? What's a double read compared to a single read? What dog collar should I use? What dog vest should I use? Who should train my dog? What outfitter should I hunt with in Canada? What outfitter should I hunt with in Arkansas? We get a lot of questions, guys, and we try to answer them all. And I thought that this Foul Life podcast would be a great format to sit down and answer a bunch of these questions because the people listening that did not write in on this question might be thinking about it. They might have a question along the same lines that's similar. And um, hopefully what we touch on during these podcasts is something that you guys um, can pick something up, be a sponge, absorb it, apply it to what you're doing. And um, we will go from there. So I wanted to start off today with a question that came in and and I want to find it. Let me see if I can still run it down. Um, this guy's name, this guy's name is, let me find it guys. Bear with me for just a second, please. I apologize for the, uh, for the uh, inexperience here. It says, Chad, what are your goose calls on your lanyard in the last picture that you posted? I know exactly which picture he's 
talking about. This is from our buddy Johnny Shaw123 on Instagram. Um, we use all Tim Ground Championship calls. I love the G overhauler. I love its ease of use, the, the smoothness of it. I love the crack. I love the pitch. I love the length of it. And I just love the tones that you get out of it. This true sound of a goose call is when you record yourself or when you step away and hear what it sounds like from a distance and not just what it's because when that sound comes out of that call and it hits your ear right away it's it's tough to tell what's really sounding what it really sounds like what the pitch is what the tone is so you got to do a good job of recording that and making sure that you can um get get the true sense of what's going on out of that call. And with Tim Ground's calls, they sound like Canada geese. They, they obviously a, a short read goose call. It takes a lot to, to run one. It takes a lot of practice. It, you got to have somebody show you and teach you, but it takes a, a lot of consistent practice. You always hear that perfect practice makes perfect play or it makes perfect execution. You don't want you don't just want to pick it up and blow into it and think that that's a perfect practice session. There's ways that you have to operate that goose call with your hands mixed with the fatty tissues of your mouth your mouth cavity your teeth your tongue your throat your larynx which is the muscle in your throat that you you know you steam up that your mom's window in your kid and write your name in it or steam up your sunglasses before you clean them off and that that's one of the things that we always strive is to how do we get that air from our diaphragm and our stomach to our lungs to our throat where our larynx is to the back of our mouth where our throat meets our mouth to the tongue over into that cavity of the mouth over the tongue which is you know bridged and and you got a gumball underneath it we can go into goose calling instruction in future episodes but that's the reason we use tim grounds tim grounds heritage and tradition of what he meant being from southern illinois around crab orchard johnston city illinois he was the master he never ever said or told anybody that he invented the short read goose call but i'm telling you this right now he mastered it and i truly believe that his goose calls are on a different level his son hunter has carried on the tradition because we lost him last year god please bless tim grounds rest in peace my brother but uh, hunter's doing a great job uh running that company in the in the calls are second to none. I'm telling you guys, he's the original get down, cover up. Hey bub. And he just, did, he just did a great job with what he did with his goose call company. So that's the goose calls that I use. I live and die by Tim grounds calls. I, we started banding calls a, a while back. Um, and it was one of those things to where we came up with some awesome goose calls, the wrecking ball and the crazy train and it's they they were no different than anything tim was doing we thought we were on to something we still feel that the wrecking ball is one of the best goose calls ever made but tim grounds taught us everything that we know we're glad to be back and working with tim and who knows what the future holds and um you know we have a, a friendship with hunter we don't know how strong the the bonds are we don't know exactly where the relationship stands all of the time because hunter's busy man he's running a a, a, a big company and he's busy by all means and uh we want to make sure that that he uh, knows that we support him. We have his calls on our lanyard. We'll have him up in Canada in a couple weeks. So to answer that question, buddy, sorry for the long-winded response. I could talk all day about short read goose calling, but I absolutely love Tim Ground's championship goose calls. And um, I'm just going to go through a couple more questions here, guys. And uh, this guy says, what duck calls do y'all use? Um, we have a new call company called jargon and we've been promoting it we've been getting it out there and we truly stand behind the call design the there's the brainchild of chris cifrio in arkansas they're made in northeast arkansas and they are bad to the bone guys jargon game check them out look at them 
get them in your hands test them they'll be at some different retailers throughout the season the icebreakers the double read model there's two single read models the loud mouth and the small talk they're on a different level ladies and gentlemen and i'm not just saying that they truly are and i can't say enough about them it's hard to talk about them because we are part of the company so everybody thinks that we're just pressing them because of that but we're truly not the 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 talk is real the hype is real they're the probably the most talked about duck calls in the country and the industry at this time we're getting inundated i love using that word because that's exactly what it is we get inundated with requests and inquiries about the calls and people want sound files and video files people are buying the calls like crazy and i'm telling you right now that we haven't got one bad report on the calls guys um, we did have to retune a couple of them we had a little issue with one part of the call in the very early stages it's all been fixed and I'm telling you, check them out. Just get a small talk in your hands and see the versatility of what these calls do. They, uh, they truly are on a different level, in my opinion. And we're going to stand behind them. We're going to build this brand. We have a lot of new designs in the making. We're getting ready to launch one and release one here in the early fall, the early part of this season in 2019. You guys are going to love it. We've put some hints out there. But you can see our calling instruction videos on our IGTV at The Foul Life and at Jargon Game Calls on on Instagram. And we're going to have a whole YouTube series um, just 100% dedicated to calling instruction. You'll also be able to hear a lot of calling instruction right here on The Foul Life podcast. So we could go on and on again about duck calls, short read goose calls, goose flutes, how to call, when to call, how much to call, how loud to call, how quiet to call, who to call with, team calling, competition calling. We're going to get into all of that. The World Championship duck call calling right up there in Stuttgart, Arkansas, Main Street, the World Championship Goose Calling in Easton, Maryland at the Waterfowl Festival on the Eastern Shore, Chesapeake Bay. We're actually going to be making an announcement of that very soon. You might have seen it on Facebook already, but um, we're going to be part of that or uh, part of that that entire festival this year. Part of the World Championship Goose Calling event and the Waterfowl Festival will be up in the northeast part of the country in November for that event with our good partners, Benelli USA and Yukonuba Sporting Dogs. So pay attention, stay tuned for more um, updates on that and how we will be involved but check out jargongamecalls.com they'll also have a booth there and look for the banner the orange and brown banner and check out some of those calls get your hands on them and please let us know what you think we are we are very very interested in your um your honest opinion on these um on these jargon duck and goose calls let me find another question here i'm kind of uh i'm not unorganized i had them all organized and ready to go and i um I've messed up and hit one wrong button on the computer and I'm not seeing everything, but, um, what is the best way to get dogs to honor each other when hunting, hunting ducks? I just started duck hunting last year and have two chocolate labs. They will hunt well by themselves, but together is harder to get them to do. Also, I just recently started listening to the podcast. I love it. Thank you very much. I, he's referring to this life ain't for everybody because at this time, none of these episodes of the foul life podcast have been released yet. So y'all are hearing some of the fresh stuff, the new stuff. So get it while it's hot. Um, I'm going to defer this question to Brad Arrington. And when he's on here, he will be on the, this podcast um, the week of October 20th. And we will get to this question about dogs honoring dogs. It's big time with training, discipline, handling, experience, and getting them in the field a bunch together. It's a different thing because dog, labs, mainly, you know, mainly labs are the main dog used in waterfowl hunting um, as a whole in the, in the country. Um, 
they want to go. They want to get that duck. They want to get that goose and get back. They want to go get another retrieve. They're not thinking about, you know, respecting or honoring another dog. It's kind of like pointing dogs on a pheasant or a chucker hunt and honoring the point and not running through it and flushing that bird too fast and being overly aggressive. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I know the answer to this question. I've been around a lot of good dogs. I've hunted with multiple dogs on each hunt in the same blind. And I want to make sure that when we answer these questions, we get you the exact information. So maybe I shouldn't have even read that question, but I, I honestly don't want to look, um, look, look, you know, come across as I'm trying to give you, um, information that's not a hundred percent legit or a hundred percent, um, correct. So let me defer to Brad Arrington and Mossy Pond retrievers on that. And we will make sure that you get the information that you need to, um, make sure your dogs honor each other in the blind. Hey, Chad, my name is Jesse Lindbergh, and I was wondering the best guide service or place to book a Canada trip for my dad and I. Always been a bucket list for me, and is it better early or late in their season? Thanks. Thanks, Jesse62, I-M-P-A-L-A-S-Q on Instagram. I'll give you my two favorite. Depending on where you want to go, my number one go-to is going to be Saskatchewan because of my lifelong friendship and history with Grant Kuypers and the crew up at Buck Paradise Outfitters, Buck Paradise North, Buck Paradise South, ran by my good buddy Barkley Fisher. Unbelievable lesser Canada hunting and awesome duck hunting all, all over that part of the province. Barkley's got the ducks a lot better than the North Lodge does, in my opinion, so it depends on what you want to shoot, my man. But I would go, if you want Saskatchewan, buckparadiseoutfitters.com, call Grant, get, um, tell him that you want ducks. He'll probably put you in touch with Barkley. If you want a mixture, mixed bag, he'll, he'll put you at either lodge. But Buck Paradise in Saskatchewan in Alberta, none other than Clay and Crystal Charlton again at Take em Outfitters. I'm talking insane, guys. Look at them at Instagram, both of them, Buck Paradise and Take em Outfitters on Instagram. And just stay updated on what they're doing throughout the season. But if I was going to book a hunt in Canada, those are the two outfitters that myself personally, most of our crew would go with. We've been up there since the year 2000. And um, we actually, I don't want to tell any lies, but Grant Kuyper since 2000, take them in Alberta for the last four years. And we will go back every year. The hospitality, the service of both of these organizations and infrastructures that these guys have going on at Buck Paradise and take them is second to none. The food, the camaraderie, the cold beer, the scouting, the attention to detail, the dogs, the processing, the butchering, like I said, the meals, the family atmosphere, it's high fives, it's smiles, it's good vibes, it's good music, it's good times. And the hunting is unbelievable. But as far as an overall experience and landing in Saskatoon or landing in Edmonton and taking a two and a half, three hour drive to either one of these, after you rent your car and get your guns out of customs, or you might drive the whole way like we do every year if you're really sick in the head. Um, I, you just can't pick. This is heaven on earth up in God's country for waterfowl. And you see moose, you see bear, you see white-tailed deer, you see coyotes, you see lynx cats. You see it all, guys. You see country, you see combines, you see farming, you see family, you see hockey, ice hockey. You see it all, guys. And it's uh, that's where I would book a hunt buckparadiseoutfitters.com takeemoutfitters.com buck paradise again is in saskatchewan take em outfitters again is in alberta that is exactly where i would book a hunt in canada and um, i can't tell you enough about either one of those guys i'm going to take one more question on this um, ep episode of the foul life podcast and then i will let you guys go i don't want you guys to get tired of my voice i'm like i just want to be a fresh up breath air for y'all on most of these and I want to answer as, as many of the questions um, as we can that we get on all of these different platforms. 
And uh, I want to find, uh, I'm, really, I'm still trying to find that original question that I talked to you guys about. Um, do you guys get a bunch of junk mail too on your social media? Does it drive you nuts that they can get to you so easy and you got to filter through it and, um, and, and figure out which ones are legit, which ones are real, which ones are real accounts? Does that make it, uh, does that make it tough for you guys? It does for me. I'm not bitching. I'm just saying that I don't, I wish we didn't have to be bugged all the time. Y'all follow what I'm saying. Anyway, I, I guess I can't find this one. I'll save it for the next episode. So I'll just move on to the next one and, and, um, see what's going on. This guy asks us a real simple question, but it's a good question about, um, the foul life and where you can find it at. I'll answer this one real quick. Exclu- exclusively on the outdoor channel guys is the foul life season 11 airing right now. We're getting ready to hit the road. Like I said, and head to Canada and film for season 12, which will start airing in July of 2020 again, exclusively on the outdoor channel. But come January, all of these episodes that are running now will be available on Mo TV, my outdoor It's an app that's very inexpensive, very affordable. And you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of episodes from the sportsman's channel the world fishing network the outdoor channel and tons of tips and tactics and different just tons of different content at your fingertips being a member of my outdoor tv so check that out watch our old stuff from season one through season 10 and like i said season 11 is airing right now but you can find seasons one through 10 on there right now and um we truly appreciate you becoming a member of my outdoor TV. They're a big partner of ours here at the foul life podcast and our TV show. And, um, we're very proud of the content that we've put together over the last gosh, dang, it's already been 11 years, but I, uh, I love it guys. So, um, this guy asked me, do you ever wear hearing protection when you hunt? And man, I wish I could say yes. I don't, I wear it sometimes when I'm on the range or I'm practicing in the off season, I wear shooting protection 100% of the time and we're with other people, whether it's kids new to the sport of shooting, men, women, we make sure that when we're shooting rifles, muzzle loaders, or we're shooting our shotguns at sporting clays, clay targets, skeets, five stand, whatever it is, always wearing eye protection and hearing protection. And you should in the, in the blind too, guys. If I, I, I've always just be, had that mindset of, man, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't sound right when I'm calling. It messes me up when I'm trying to hear the birds around. But with technology and science today, there are so many good custom fitted pairs of of earplugs that you can get that that knock out those high ballistic sounds and frequencies of a shotgun blast um and i it, it sounds ignorant to say that we don't um we get hearing tests our hearing is good but it could be better and you can lose your hearing you can lose your vision with accidents and overshooting you know too much without hearing protection so i tell everybody do as we say and don't do as we do all the time i don't want to sit here and tell you oh yeah we wear hearing protection on every hunt because y'all can easily pick us apart and find out that we don't when you watch the tv shows or some of the content out there but do yourself a favor and get in the habit of creating good habits and start them early get them in and get go get your ears molded get them fitted get your hearing protection and wear it on every hunt and abide by that guys keep your hearing keep your vision for man life does go by fast but you think about it if you're 20 right now You still got 55 years for the average lifespan. You could be hunting for, I know guys that are still hunting in their 89, John LaMonaco, 79, Les Nesbitt. 
You want to be hearing at that age or do you want to be blind by that age from an accident? No, keep that in mind that anything can happen on any given day and take care of your ears, take care of your eyes, your vision, your hearing, make sure that you're safe. Safety is always first when you're dealing with firearms for yourself, for the other people in the blind, for your dogs, whoever you're around, it is always first and foremost of the utmost important is safety. So keep that in mind. I hope that helps. This is the foul life podcast. We're going to come back with another episode tomorrow with some more questions being asked. I truly appreciate the support. This episode was brought to you by Mojo Outdoors. Check them out at mojooutdoors.com. Check out Mojo TV on the Sportsman's Channel, My Outdoor TV. Support them. Best spinning wings on the market, the new Elite Series, the Pintail, the Gadwall, the Widgeon, the the Wood Duck, the Mallard, the Hen Mallard, the Baby Mallards. Everything is legit. I think they call them the Mini Mallards now, but check them out at mojooutdoors.com. Learn how to use them. Know when to use them. Know the state regulations and laws, where you can use them, where you can't use them, what time they you can use them when the season opens or in the middle of the season, you can start using them or towards the end. It's different in every state. So make sure as you travel as a waterfowl hunter that it's your, there's no excuse for ignorance. It's your responsibility to learn the laws and regulations and game laws of every state, every place that you hunt. And it's not the game warden's uh, responsibility to come up and educate. He can write you a ticket anytime. So make sure that you get a handbook and figure out if you're going to Montana to Billings to hunt the Yellowstone River, make sure you understand the laws. If you live in California and you're going to Montana, there are going to be different laws. The laws that they go by in California, they don't abide by in Montana. They might be completely different. It's your responsibility as a hunter in America to learn the laws of the different states that we uh, choose to go hunt. But that's what's great about this country is that we can choose to go hunt. And if I want to go to North Dakota, we can go there and hunt. If we want to go to Maryland, we can go to hunt, go there to hunt. So keep that in mind. There's a lot of places in the world that you can't hunt anywhere, let alone travel and hunt. This place is unbelievable. America is awesome. What a privilege we have as American hunters. I'm Chad Belding. Thank you so much for listening to the brand new, the foul life podcast. We'll see you guys again real soon. I don't know if we'll see you guys real again real soon, but you'll hear my voice again real soon. You're welcome. Ride with me. Ride with me.